Welcome, hope you're doing well. Uh, so what we're trying to do uh, through this content and in this season is wrestle with what does it look like to practice the way of Jesus in everyday life in 21st century on the peninsula. So if you're in your well community or maybe you're in a pod and you're working through the content, I hope it is helpful. Uh, make sure to try the experiments, make sure to wrestle with the questions, and I hope these uh, teachings, these conversations between Aaron and I are super helpful. So we're here talking about some of the practices of the way of Jesus. And the one that we want to talk about now is enemy love. And yeah. I know, at least for me, when I think of practice the way of Jesus and enemy love, I don't necessarily think as, of enemy love as like a practice or a sure, spiritual sure. discipline. I'm going to do this every morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Like, so why is it in that bucket for you? And like, where does this come from? Sure. You know? Yeah, I remember I was in my early 20s. Uh, I was working at a group home. Uh, so for teenagers struggling, struggling with like, uh, most of them was meth addiction, but also some mental health stuff. And I was going in there kind of naive, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to love these kids. I'm yeah. going to help them through this process. And I get there and they're like screaming at me. Yeah. Right. They have enemied me. <laughs> yeah. And I realized actually how wholly incompetent I was mm. at actually loving my enemies. Yeah. I remember the, the youth would be out. So I was living in the home. The youth would be out in the hallway and it was like the shift transition. I would literally be like at my door, like, God help me. Cause all I felt was anger. Mm. All I wanted to do was like yell and scream and throw tantrums. Back at them. Back at them, right? And I was like, wow, like this is a training ground for mm. me to learn about Jesus's way. Cause right, when we look at the New Testament, what we see, like unilaterally, yeah. Jesus loves his enemies. Paul loves his enemies. Yeah. Both of them suffer, yeah, and trying to love their enemies. And I, I think often about Jesus' teaching in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Right, it's like one of his like high point teaching spaces, sure. and he says this: "You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy." Right, so that's the traditional teaching. Mm-hmm. He says, "But I say to you, love your enemies." And pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. Right? In this context, he's like, love those people who are going to oppose you. Yeah. Uh, pray for the people that persecute you. Totally. Like, yeah. That's not my instinct. Yeah. Right? So when you're talking about like training, actually, how do you become the kind of person who does this? Because this is not natural. Yeah. Right? This is not natural at all. And then what he says is, so that, right? Why do we do this? So that you be sons of your father who is in heaven who causes the sun to rise and rain to fall on people that are good, bad, whatever, broken, healthy, whatever. Um, And then he talks about how, you know, it's like, you know, everyone loves those who loves them. Yeah. Like, how are we distinct? Distinct How are we unique? How are we like the father? Um, And I remember being in the group home, just being like, wow, this is like a high calling. Totally. Um, and I actually can't do this unless I train. Train, yeah. Unless I figure out ways of like becoming the kind of person who can do this. You can do this, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that so. makes yeah a lot of sense because it seems like what you're saying. It's not a natural thing. No. As far as my own human desire. Totally. Someone know. yells at you, exactly. you yell back. Oh yeah, you get cut off in traffic. <laughs> it's like everything in me wants to press the horn, and oftentimes yeah, I yeah, do press yeah, the yeah, horn. Sure, you sure. know, kind of a thing. It seems like throughout the life of Jesus, this is what he's doing. He's not just teaching on this in one instance in Matthew five, but this is a pattern throughout his life. Totally. And ultimately displayed, I think, on in his crucifixion. Totally. He, yeah. His one of his last lines is, Father, forgive them. 
Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. which is insane. Being tortured. He's executed on a Roman cross. Yeah. Shamed in front of everyone. Yeah, totally. It's it's like emotional, it's physical, it's all these things. Yeah, yeah. And that's this huge climactic moment in all four Gospels. Yeah. And Jesus is loving and serving and forgiving the ones that are executing him. So profound. And Jesus is calling his followers to pattern our lives after him, which includes doing this thing, which is so contrary to... Yeah. The human desire. Yeah. This isn't just Jesus too. This is also Paul. You yeah. mentioned that. Paul talks about this in Romans 12. Peter talks about this in, in yeah. his letter. It's just a pattern throughout yeah. the early church. And all the apostles die. die right? exactly. They don't start a revolution. Yes. They're being persecuted. And yet they all actually, end up, other than John, end up being killed and tortured. Killed and tortured. Exactly. Without starting revolutions. Yeah. Yeah, and for yeah. them, like the, the motivating ethic was love, regardless if it was someone who was friendly to them yeah. or hostile to them. Yeah. The ethic of for them, the early church was love all throughout yeah. the first few centuries as it just Powerful. explodes throughout yeah. the Roman Roman Empire. Yeah. I think for maybe us as followers of Jesus today, the question that becomes then two things. I think how and like yeah. what does this yeah, like yeah. actually look like? It's good. You know, and maybe just speak to some Yeah. Well I mean I think there's a few things in our cultural moment that are sort of funny, right? So you have these echo chambers where people just listen to themselves yeah. or people they agree with. Sure. Uh, and then there's also this funny thing where people are like super apt and excited to love the world. Yeah. And yet they literally hate their neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is in the church and outside of it. It's sure. like, oh yeah, I love the world. Yeah, Jesus loves the world. I do too. But this person in the pew next to me, the chair next to me, not so not much. Not so much, yeah. Yeah, like, just get them out of my, like, totally. comfortable But I'll space. go for the big cause or the big yeah, whatever. issue of the day. Totally, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's political, but, yeah, yeah, I don't even want this person in my house, my home group, my well community. I don't want to welcome them in. Yeah. Right? So there's this sort of global embrace and sort of a local pushback. Sure. And then there's also this echo chamber effect where we don't even allow others in. Yeah. Uh, I also think that there's just sort of a, a push towards, there's like this desire for justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's sometimes this feel, I think, in our cultural moment where it's like, love your enemy is kind of soft. It's yeah. like, I'm going to get run over. I can't have boundaries. Yeah. I can't like defend the defenseless. It's like a, a doormat. Yeah, you're a doormat. Whatever happens, uh, happens. Yeah. Which is fascinating to me because actually if you look at Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, right? So you have in Matthew 5, right before it, uh, Jesus says this. He says, you've heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? So this is this idea of like someone hurts you, boom, you hurt him back, right? Yeah. That's just sort of the nature of it. Uh, that's 38. And 39, 539, say to you, do not resist resist." Uh, an evil person. Uh, so you have sort of this traditional teaching and then you see this uh, Glenn Stassen, Fuller Prof, he, he would say this, that that is the vicious cycle we get trapped yeah. in. So his teaching, traditional teaching, the vicious cycle is, oh man, we're just resisting all the time. So we're, yeah, it's like this endless cycle, yeah. right, of retribution. And then he says that Jesus, Glenn Stassen does this, he says that Jesus gives three transforming initiatives, mm-hmm. ways that we actually love our enemies but resist evil in the world. At the same time. Uh, yeah, and you can translate, there's different translations here of like, what does it mean to resist evil? Yeah. You can go two ways. You can do, you don't resist an evil person. So if someone's bad, like you don't do anything. Yeah, right? just someone, let like, it go. I had someone yeah. come out to me after church one day. I was like, you know, you need to resist evil. And he's like, but doesn't Jesus say resist? You no, know, don't resist. I was like, no, 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 that's actually not what Jesus what he's talking not, about. This is, he's talking about don't resist by evil means. Yeah. Uh, it's a and huge difference. Huge difference, yeah, right? Huge like difference. doormat versus like 
Don't resist in a way that embodies and enfleshes evil in the world. Because then you're just perpetuating this. Yeah, they're just doing what they're totally. they just done to you. Yeah, so he gives three examples, uh, right? The first one, he says this. Uh, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also, right? So in first century context, everyone knows you're going to be my little sure. uh, person. <laughs> so the, right, what he is saying, if someone hits you on the right cheek, the only way they're going to do that is actually uh, by a backhand, slap. right? Yeah. So right hand, right cheek, yeah. right? So that is a way that a superior is going to address a subordinate. Yeah. Um, and so what you do then, Jesus is saying, is turn to him the other also. So right, if you turn the other cheek, yeah. the only way I can hit that other cheek is actually a punch. Yeah. And that's actually a way to make us equals. Right? So I, yeah, I have a yeah. choice. I can either not hit you again, or I can hit you as an equal. Yeah. So turning the other cheek is actually this profound, transformative practice. Yeah, it's subversive. In it's a lot super of subversive, yeah. but in a way to love, because you're calling that person to say, "How are you going to treat me?" Yeah. Right. The second is about sort of uh, what does he say? Uh, where is it? Whoever? No, no, no. Verse forty. If anyone wants to sue you. Uh, and take your shirt, let him have your coat also, right? So this is, again, this is a contextual thing. So this is referring back to Exodus. So in Exodus, there's actual practices for the lender uh, has to, if they take your outside coats, you have two layers, you have like a nightgown and then a sort of a tunic on the outside. If they take your tunic, they take your outside, it's called a talit. If they take that, they have to return it to you at night if you're poor so that you can have a blanket to sleep with. To stay warm. Right? So in the first century, the way these rich lenders would get around it is they would take your inner garment uh, so they didn't have to return it because you still had your blanket. Blanket, So they were sort of like undermining the spirit of the law. Uh, And so Jesus says, hey, if they do that, which is ultimately like just sort of taking your clothes, he said, give them your coat also, and then you'll be standing there naked in the courtroom (laughs) and it'll expose their greed. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's another transforming initiative, right? Yeah. And then the third one is, you know, if someone asks you to go a mile or go one mile, go, go two, two, right? Yeah. Again, this is contextual. The Roman uh, army could say, hey, carry this for a mile, yeah. but not two. two. So the second one is voluntary. So yeah. you're saying, hey, I'm actually choosing to do this. There's like a you dignity can't force, yeah, yeah, there's this dignity thing. Yeah. So when Jesus then gets to next enemy love, it's in the context of this profound, yeah. provocative resistance yeah. that is honoring people, but challenging injustice yeah, in the world. Totally. Uh, so I think this is where we can't, as Christians, say, oh, we're going to love our enemies. We're going to become doormats. Yeah. We're working towards justice. We're working towards goodness, compassion, human dignity being elevated in the yes. world. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we curse our enemies. Yeah. We bless them. Bless them. Yeah. Right? This He's doesn't mean. Yeah. yeah. Paul says it. Jesus says it. Yeah. Uh, so that we can be like the Father. Yeah. That's good. I mean, because it's it's just really, again, I, I think of all that and I go, well, that's just so hard to actually totally. do. You know, and we're talking about practicing the way of Jesus, embodying these habits in our own lives. And just even this idea of love is just so diluted in our mm, culture where true. it often just, it's like I a think, feeling. It's you a have. feeling. It's yeah. emotion. It's the same word. I use it for like, I love pizza. I love sports yeah. and I love my wife. And I mean yeah. the same thing by yeah, all yeah, that. That's like that's not healthy or good. Yeah. Right. But then to just not just love the, the lovable, but yeah. to love our enemy yeah. requires, I think so much. I think we're getting at this here when we're talking about practice. Yeah. Right. And building these habits in yeah. our lives of actually, 
it being a choice in a yeah. lot of ways of willing the good of yeah. another. Even and creative. Cost. And creative, right? right? Like All these sort of creative. Are creative. Yeah, these are like super ingenious ways of addressing a particular contextual need. So it invites us then, like when we get back to the spiritual discipline practice yeah. side of what are the needs of your community? Yeah. So for us, right, at Wellspring, in PG, in the peninsula, what exists in this community? Yeah. And what does it look like to, in a Jesus-y way, address it? Honoring people, yes. while at the same time elevating people and the dignity, the dignity of people here. Here, yeah. Uh, so I think that takes creativity. Mm -hmm. So this is like communities of people brainstorming, coming yeah. together, like experimenting. Yeah. Uh, it's also, I think, on a regular basis, maybe it's like once a week, taking 20 minutes and saying, who right now is my enemy? Mm -hmm. Who who doesn't like me? Yeah. And, and acknowledging acknowledging that. Yeah. Like, the, one that. of the things that's fascinating to me here is like I think we have a, a tendency to ignore both evil and enemy mm -hmm. and dismiss. Yeah. That like is actually not very biblical. Sure. Like Jesus says, no, you have enemies. Yeah. And I want you to love them. Totally. So like they're he just they're, assumes. He's totally. Yeah. 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 He assumes there's gonna be people that you are will enemy. Yeah. And you have a choice in how then you treat that person that, that person. you are enemying or that is enemying you. Yeah. I love verbing it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but so I think there can be a discipline like on a weekly basis. Like, who in my life right now is my enemy? Yeah. That is either enemying me or I am sort of con considering the other. What does it look like to then like pray for them? Yeah. And I was just gonna say that like actually praying might be one of those first early totally. steps in that direction. And I think just even in my own like personal life, I think of instances and people and situations yeah. and I think the invitation at times is that first step of just praying for them. And yeah. oftentimes it isn't like a long, elaborate no, no, prayer. No. It's like, God bless them. Yeah. And it's very short because that's all I can yeah. like honestly muster <laughs> up, up. But I think it's a, it's a start. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, God can work through that. And yeah. hopefully it builds, you know, to more of that. Yeah. But I think that is a super important thing to, to recognize of recognizing number one that you do have enemies. Yeah. And that it is part of following Jesus in this world. And that God's invitation, Jesus' invitation is to... Not curse them, yeah. not hate them, totally. not ostracize them, but to begin to pray for them, to bless them, to think creatively. What does that look like yeah. in our cultural moment? Again, we're not living two thousand years ago yeah, totally. under the Roman Empire. Yeah, we different. don't have to carry a you know yeah. give our coat. Exactly. Or yeah, there's different examples, but it's instead of I think we live in the it's such a polarized culture mm, totally. right now, where there's so much hostility. I'm just in every sphere yeah, of life, politically, politically everywhere, and we often kind of get. Put in these buckets of either like option A or option B. I'm going to fight against you, yeah, and yeah. just rail against yeah. whatever thing, yeah. or just completely just ignore totally. it and just be the doormat. Yeah. And I think what Jesus is doing here in the writings of the New Testament is offering there's a creative third way forward. Yeah. Where that doesn't just rail against, but doesn't also ignore. Yeah, that's good. But faces and names this is wrong, this is evil, yeah. and promotes goodness and flourishing yeah. in the world. And to yeah. do that in community, in creative ways that lead to yeah. the blessing and flourishing yeah. of the Father. The only thing I would say, though, in that is that I think there is an idealization there, yeah. potentially. And so I think there's a real, like, suffering yeah. in the midst of this that we don't want to actually deal with. Yeah. That actually loving our enemies, sometimes our enemies will actually attack us. Yeah. Right? This is turning the other cheek. Like, actually getting recognized might involve getting hit again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think there's a pretty profound invitation in that even to say like, where does our comfort come mm -hmm. from? Yeah. Um, like I think it's in that moment that we actually experience the intimacy of God's comfort. Yeah. Uh, rather than saying, Hey, I'm going to avoid this. 
conflict in order to embrace sort of a fake comfort, like yeah. actually leaning Lean into, into this that. place where there's discomfort. I'm going to try and love my enemy and I'm pretty sure this isn't going to go well, Yeah. but God will be there to comfort me. Totally. Um, and I think, I think there's something beautiful there mm-hmm. that we miss out on when we curse our enemies. Totally. Um, that God ultimately is our comfort. Yeah. And is our, you know, the one in whom we find true rest. Sure. Yeah. Um, so. No, yeah. I think of, you know, Paul talking to the Corinthians at the beginning of his letter there. He talks about the God of all comfort mm, comforting us in our affliction, in our yeah. suffering. And it's in that, in those moments, the intersection of God's presence, I think, is super acute and yeah. just tangible. And we can't ignore that. Yeah. And just, you know, run away from the suffering. Run away, yeah. run, run away from the difficulty. Yeah. But it's in those moments that we're embodying the way of Jesus yeah. and that God is just so present in that. In that. Awesome. So, Cool. Yeah. All right. Love your enemies. All right. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs>